you think back for a moment uh, to uh, some of the great love stories of all time. Uh, let's, let's do that. Let's, let's think of some great love stories, and then let's narrow it just to love stories in the movies. Let's think of some good ones. Uh, you go way back to Scarlett O'Hara and Rhett Butler in Gone with the Wind. That was a good one. Uh, then there's Lauren Bacall and Humphrey Bogart in Casablanca. Uh, that, was a, that was a great one. How about Allie McGraw and Ryan O'Neill in Love Story? That's a love story called Love Story. Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan in Sleepless in Seattle. That's a really good one. How about Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan in <laughs> You've Got Mail? Two good ones. How about Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan in When Harry Met Sally? Back in the 80s, Meg Ryan was big in love stories. Now, if we, if we go to TV and think about some classic TV love stories, you can't re forget Joni Loves Chachi, right? <laughs> you know, I never have watched that show once. I was a big Happy Days fan, but not Joni Loves Chachi. You know, we could vote on which of those is the greatest love story of all time, uh, but instead, um, uh, I'm just going to tell you my vote. I want to tell you my vote. Uh, and when I do, I, I want you to notice your gut-level reaction to my vote. Okay, you ready? The greatest love story of all times is Christmas. Christmas. Now, now I'll, I'll prove to you that, that I'm right, but before I do, we need to accept the idea that a love story doesn't have to be a romantic guy-gal thing, you know. Uh, there's all kinds of love stories out there. This one is not one of those type of love stories. For the last two weeks, we've been talking about the untold stories of Christmas. <clears throat> we all probably know the basic story of Christmas, you know, the manger, the wise men, the shepherds, uh, and all of that. <clears throat> But there's some stories behind the story of Christmas uh, that aren't as commonly known, aren't as often told. And Christmas is a love story. First, it's a love story between a father and a son. I have two sons, Chris and Jason. No daughters, just sons. God bless Jackie and I with three granddaughters, uh, sparing us from the drama of dealing with teenage girls and their boyfriends. Uh, thank you, God. Um, but we do have two sons. I, I, t I told you about the, the birth of our oldest son, Chris, who was born over in Turkey when we were stationed there. Uh, I told you about that last week and the challenge we had of getting the word out to our loved ones after he was born because of communication limitations. Um, as I mentioned, we did not know the gender of Chris before he was born. Uh, didn't have an ultrasound. I wasn't able to go in with Jackie uh, when she had her uh, cesarean. So I didn't know uh, that I had a son until the doctor came out and said, and he was a Turkish guy, he said, uh, congratulations, you have a son. I'll never forget the thrill that I felt at that very moment. I was standing all alone in the hallway of, a, of, of the Injurlik Air Base uh, Hospital, and I'll never forget how I felt. I have a son. I have a son. And, and of course, as many of you have experienced uh, with your new son or new daughter, um, I felt instantly 
in love with my new son. Uh, I, I, I smiled at Aaron Haggerty recently when he just expressed uh, the joy that he felt and the love that he felt when his new son Levi was born not too long ago uh, and, uh, and just how he marveled at how much he could love an individual, a, a person. And, I, and we, know, we know how that feels. I remember watching Chris in the hospital nursery uh, and imagining all that was ahead of me and, and his mom and, and him as, as he grew up. When our second son came along in 1984, Jason, uh, Jackie and I did know what his gender was before he was born. So, so even before Jason was born, I remember marveling about what it would be like to have two sons. And when Jason was born, I couldn't believe that you could love two little boys so much. But if you're a parent, you know exactly how I, how I feel, don't you? You know you, you, you've been there. there. There's something special about the love of a parent for a child, isn't there? Even as great as our love for our grandchildren is, which is a love that rivals the love for our children, you know, love for our own children is, is different in, in, in many different ways. It's, it's different in that we understood, we knew and we understood that it, it would be our responsibility to care for them, to raise them, to teach them, to lead them to Jesus. You know, we couldn't just send them back to their parents like we can with our grandchildren. No, we're the parents. So, you know, there's a, a tremendous responsibility associated with the love uh, that a parent has for a child. There is a special, unique, powerful love and bond that exists between me and my sons, Chris and Jason. A love that exists between all fathers and sons. Christmas is a love story. And first, it's a love story between a father and a son. You see, from all eternity back, before the world even existed, before time even existed, before there was anything... <laughs> There was a father, and there was a son. And, and they had always been closer than I could even try to describe uh, and try to understand. They're so close. Uh, the two of them are so close that they are actually one, even though they're two. And, and from all eternity back, they have not only been close, but they have loved each other. The father loves his son like no father could ever love a son. And the son loved his father and loves his father like no child could possibly love a parent. There was a closeness, an intimacy, a deep sharing of all they were and all they had, this father and son. It was from all eternity back, an uninterrupted and perfect oneness between the two of them. And then came Christmas. How are you with goodbyes? How are you with saying goodbye to loved ones? When I got on the plane to go to my first duty station in Turkey, uh, uh, having to leave my brand new wife of only six months to, to be gone for what we thought at the time would be a whole year away from each other, um, uh, that was difficult. That was a difficult goodbye. Now, later we found out, after a couple of months, we found out that, 
Jackie was able to come and join me. But uh, at the time when, when, when I left, we thought we would not see each other for a whole year. So getting on that plane without Jackie was, was one of the hardest things that I've ever done. And I, I remember crying as the plane took off, and Jackie said she was crying too. Probably the worst goodbye uh, of my life so far that I've ever experienced was when Chris left home for college. Chris was a very sentimental young man, uh, and he wrote this long, beautiful letter to Jackie and I, uh, just talking about how special we were to him and how special our relationship was and thanking us for all that we had done in his life up to that point. He left that letter on the coffee table just before he got in his car to go off to college, never to live at home again. Now, Jackie and I cried for a week over that one. <laughs> Can you imagine the father saying goodbye to the son as he left to go to earth to be born as a human? These two who had never known separation before of any kind, who had loved each other beyond comprehension from all eternity back, what a loss it must have been for, for those two. How painful that separation must have been. It had to break their hearts, even though they knew they would eventually be back together again. Christmas is a love story. The love of a father and a son saying goodbye to each other for the first time. Giving up something of, of, of what they had so that you and I could have that too. That love, too. Christmas is a love story of a difficult, difficult goodbye. Probably the most difficult, difficult goodbye in all of history. And from now on, when you think about Christmas, I hope you'll think about that. It's a father saying goodbye to his son. But it's not just a story of a father and a son. It's the love story of a mother and a son. I told you how close I feel to our sons, Chris and Jason, uh, but obviously my wife, Jackie, feels the same closeness towards the, our two boys as well. Jackie has demonstrated her love for her sons in so many ways throughout the years. Her care for them, of course, as they were growing up, growing up the nourishment, the, the hugs and kisses uh, that were always there when they were small. Jackie has spent many, many hours in prayer for our sons all their lives. She regularly sends them texts, uh, even now, letting them know how much she's in constant prayer for them, that they know that they can count on her to, to uh, be lifting them up uh, to God in their lives, in their ministry, with their families, for God's protection, for God's guidance. Every Sunday, you can count on knowing that that mom listened to both of her son's Facebook Live sermons and then encouraged them on it. There's nothing like a mother's love for her child. And all you moms out there, you know that. You know that love. You know the strong bond that you have with your children. You, you know how you rejoice uh, when your child is being blessed, and you know the pain that you feel when your child is suffering. In fact, you know the pain you feel when you have known ahead of time 
that your child was going to suffer or, or, or when you had to watch them suffer. Like when your, your infant child was getting a sh- that first shot at the, at the doctor's office or when they got the big goose head on their head as a toddler when they fell or, or when they had a broken heart as a teenager. You, you felt that pain. And it's never pleasant to watch your child suffer, is it? Can you imagine being Mary, the mother of Jesus? When Mary and Joseph took baby Jesus to the temple to be dedicated to God, uh, they were greeted by this strange old man named Simeon, who, who worked there in the temple. He, he went over to the baby. He was looking for the baby, Jesus. And he said this in Luke 2, 34 and 35 said this to Mary, this child will be rejected by many in Israel, and it will be their undoing, and a sword will pierce your very soul. That was said to Mary. And I'm sure Mary said to Simeon, oh, thank you, Mr. Simeon, for such encouraging words. That was so sweet. And then there was the wise men. You know the Christmas story includes these wise men from the east that came to bring Jesus gifts. What were the gifts? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Everybody knows that, right? And we might think, okay, well, I guess that was the gifts you gave babies back in the first century. Uh, but no, that, no, not normally. You see, these were very special spiritual gifts that had prophetic meanings to them. Gold was an appropriate gift to give to a king. Jesus certainly is a king. Frankincense was very symbolic. It was uh, often burned in temples in worship of deity. It was considered a gift for God. That fits. But myrrh, now myrrh was the weirdest of the three gifts. Myrrh was an expensive spice that smelled really good, but it was used in anointing bodies for burial. It was used to keep the corpses from smelling so bad. Now, the the prophecy that that Simeon had made that a sword would pierce his mother's soul, well, she got some pretty painful uh, uh, confirmation to that when her baby was given uh, as a gift for his birth, uh, a gift that reminded her that he was born to die. It was basically like someone giving you a gift certificate to the local funeral home as a baby gift. Christmas is a love story. The untold love story of mother and son that began not only in the joy and the the physical pain of childbirth that everyone else uh, experiences, but it, it was the pain in a mother's heart knowing that her son was was not born to be happy, to to go to college, to get married, to give her grandchildren. That was never going to happen with Jesus and with Mary. Christmas is a love story about a love between a mother and a son that began both in joy and immense emotional pain. The pain of knowing his life would end in a very premature, painful death. Now, there's a question that we should all be asking ourselves here. When you think of Christmas as a love story between a father and his son, 
and a mother and her boy, and, and how Christmas uh, starts as, putting, putting this son leaving his father, breaking his heart in the process, uh, coming down and, and breaking his mother's heart by dying uh, in the process. The question that we need to be asking ourselves is, why? Why did this all happen? Why was the father's heart broken and the mother's heart broken? And if we want to answer that question, all we have to do is, is one thing. Just look in the mirror. Just look in the mirror. Because the answer is you. The answer is me. That's why. You are the reason Jesus left his father. You are the reason Jesus left his mother to die on a cross. Christmas is a love story not only between father and son and between mother and son, but between son and you, son and me. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And then later in 1 John 3.16 it, it, the Apostle John said, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And you, if you don't really understand the love story between father and son, if you don't really understand this love story between mother and son, that's okay, I guess. But if you don't get this part, that it's a love story between the son and us, that's not okay. That's not okay. Because you and I, we need to understand and understand more and more every day the love that Jesus has for you and for me. Because it's what our life comes down to as a Christian. God sent Jesus Christ from heaven because Guess what? He's head over heels in love with you. Uh, God was willing to lay, Jesus was willing to lay down his life because he's crazy in love with you. The problem is that, that a lot of us don't really understand that or comprehend that or even try to comprehend just how deep that love is. And one reason that many people don't understand it or comprehend it is because uh, they they think of two categories of people that God loves and people that God doesn't love. And many people uh, put themselves in, well, I'm one of those people that God doesn't love because of who I am or what I've done or the, the life that I've lived, the mistakes I've made in my life. I, I'm one of those people that, that God doesn't love. A minister named Tommy Oakes created an alphabet book of people God loves. As he was creating this book, uh, whenever he was a little bit bored, he would write names down and, or categories of people that God loves for each letter of the alphabet. Here are some of his entries. And, of course, it starts with the letter A. God loves artists. God loves astronauts. God loves aerospace engineers. God loves accountants, accordion players, airplane pilots, athletes, acrobats, people from Alabama, 
African-Americans, the absent-minded, Amish, Anglicans, awkward people, assertive people, aggravating people, authoritarian people, antisocial people, astrologers, animal rights activists, adulterers, abusers, abortionists, people who get abortions, alcoholics, all kinds of addicts. Alice Cooper. God loves Babies, boys, bankers, band leaders, ballerinas, Bible readers, biological te biology teachers, bird watchers, bus drivers, bookworms, bachelors, botanists, bowlers, baby boomers, beekeepers, blondes, brunettes, people with blue hair. God loves bosses, braggarts, bag ladies, bartenders, brats, people with braces, bushmen, baptists. God loves boars, the bedraggled, the the beat up, the burn up, the boys in the hood. God loves barflies, the Brady Bunch. God loves Bill Clinton. God loves people who are cute. God loves children, compassionate people, Caucasians, Cubans, Czechoslovakians, Californians, Cambodians, cowboys, cooks, celebrities, Cherokees, Comanches, Cajuns, I guarantee. Cops, cheerleaders, clowns, Cheapscapes, cowards, comedians, Catholics, charismatics, congregationalists, congressmen, conscientious objectors, crooks, creeps, cheaters, charlatans, conceited, Chichi Rodriguez. God loves daddies. God loves doodlers. God loves disc jockeys. He loves people who dip. He loves dropouts, draft dodgers, dipsticks, deadheads, drinkers, deadbeats, dopers, drag queens. God loves entertainers, electricians, Episcopalians, Europeans, Ethiopians, elopers, eggheads, executive executioners, Ellie Mae Clampett. God loves Engelbert Humperdinck. He's still alive, by the way. God loves freedom fighters, friends, Floridians, Philippian, Filipinos, fishermen, football players, firemen, fruitcakes, freeloaders, fondlers, and Freddie Mercury. God loves Ohioans, the Spears, optometrists, people from Oregon, or, organic gardeners, odd fellows, people who are overweight, people who are obese. God loves Oliver North and Oprah Winfrey. God loves preachers, politicians, policemen, psychiatrists, psychotics, pranksters, pot-bellied pornographers, pushers, Presbyterians, Pentecostals. Okay, that's enough. You get the idea? I need to plug in. My battery's dying. <clears throat> you get the idea? Now, here's something that you probably thought, is he ever going to, he's not going through the whole alphabet, is he? <laughs> I bet as I read through that list, you noticed a couple of things. First, you probably noticed yourself in that list. I sure did a couple of times. In addition, there are probably some people in that list that you thought, well, of course God loves them. And there were others that you probably thought, well, okay, okay, I guess, I guess God loves them. But how many of us were tempted to think about some of them in that list? Now, come on, really? God loves them? But the fact is, God loves them just as much as anybody else on that list. Now, now please don't misunderstand, misunderstand the, the, the love that God has for people. There, there's a difference between God's love and God's approval. 
Uh, it's one thing to love somebody. It's another thing to approve of them or approve of their actions or their lifestyles. And I'm not saying that God uh, approves of some of those people and the things that they're doing. He doesn't. And I'm not saying that all those people on that list are going to heaven. In fact, nobody on that list is going to heaven unless they accept Jesus by faith in their hearts as their Savior. But I am saying I am saying that God loves them. He loves all of them. That God is head over heels in love with every single person or group of people on that list or any other list, including you and me. And there is nothing that you or I could do to make God love us any more than he already does and there's nothing we could do to make God love us any less than what he loves us right now because God loves you and me with a perfect love and Christmas is a love story between him and you you know another reason we don't really uh, get God's love for us is because we don't understand again the depth of it how deep god's love is let me see if i can describe it you know we, we say yeah yeah okay i know i know god loves me yeah thanks thanks god thanks for loving me but we don't understand how deep that love is the bible tells us that because of our behavior because of our sin uh, because of the things that we've done in our life in a sense we've made ourselves enemies of god not that he doesn't love us but we have chosen to set ourselves against him by the sin choices that we've made. He still loves us. But listen to this, Romans chapter 5, verse 10. For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. Now, do you understand what that's saying? You know, I, I told you how much I love my sons. And, and think about how much you love your sons and your daughters. What if I had someone in my life who, who my entire life had done horrible things to me uh, so that, you know, just made my life miserable by their behavior towards me, but I still loved them? What if I loved them so much, these people that had hurt me and been against me all their life, what if I loved them so much that I gave the life of my son to help them, to save them. Well, I can tell you, I don't think I would do that. <laughs> but you know what? That's exactly what God did. That's the depth of God's love for you and for me. And that's what Christmas is all about. It's a love story about a son who left and broke the heart of his father, who had to die and in doing so broke the heart of his mother, and who did it all because of the depth of his love for you and for me. A young boy moved into a new neighborhood, going to a new school. He was very shy, awkward, quiet. His name was Chad. One day he came home from school and he said, you know what, mom, Christmas is coming and I want to make a Christmas gift for everyone in my class. I want to make an ornament so each of them can hang it on their Christmas trees at home. Well, his mother's heart sank and she thought, 
I wish he wouldn't do that. Uh, because each, each day she would watch all the other kids coming home from school and, and they would be in this big gang and they would be laughing and they would pl be playing with each other, all except her son Chad. He always walked behind and nobody ever had anything to do with him. But she thought she'd support him, so she bought him some paper and glue and markers and glitter. And for three weeks, Chad painstakingly made homemade Christmas ornaments for his classmates. When the day came uh, to deliver his gifts, he was so excited, uh, he, he put each carefully wrapped personalized ornament in a box and took it off to school, took them all to school. And his mom thought, you know what, this is going to be a tough day for Chad. I, I think I'll make him some warm cookies and some milk for when he comes home. And maybe that'll help ease his pain because uh, he probably won't get a single gift from the other kids. Well, that afternoon, she put the cookies and milk on the table, and she looked out the window, and sure enough, here came the big gang of kids, all laughing and talking, all with presents under their arms. And there was Chad, her son, walking behind them with no presents in his hands. He hadn't received one gift. He was walking faster than usual, and she thought, poor thing, he's probably about to burst into tears. He walked in and he said, and she said, here, honey, I've, I've made you some cookies and some milk. But he marched right past her and all he could say was, mom, I didn't forget one of them. I didn't miss a single one. Now all of them know that I love them. You know, Jesus came as a Christmas gift for you and me. And he went home empty handed. In fact, he went home with holes in his hands. And he did so because he wanted us to know that God loved us. And so that we might be reconciled to God through his death. So that we could live the rest of our lives in the love of God. Not just in this life, but for eternity. And that's the best life that there is living in the love of God. The greatest Christmas gift that you could receive this year and the best thing that you could do for yourself leading into 2021 is to live your life in God's love. Father, we are so thankful for the love story of Jesus. How difficult it must have been for you to say goodbye to your son after you had been never been separated, as far as we know, for all eternity back. And then all of a sudden, not only were you separated from him, but you had to see him come down here and suffer. And Father, I, you, were, you, you, you blessed Jesus with Mary, and Mary was like any other mother who loved her son dearly. And she, her heart was broken as she... I saw her son and knew ahead of time that he was going to have to die. She didn't protest, though, because she knew it was necessary. Father, those, those two acts of love were done because of your love for us. Thank you, Father, even though, Lord, you know how much we have sinned against you. Uh, yet you still love us. 
and you were still willing to come down to this earth and to die for us so that we can be reunited with you, reconciled to you. Thank you, Father, for that wonderful act of love. Help us to live in it as we serve you and worship you daily in our lives. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.